Hey, this is Pastor Arm, and I want to thank you for joining me today for the Activation Church podcast. We are here so that people can activate their life in Christ, and I believe this message is going to help you go further than ever before. Check it out. We're going to be continuing on with the series that we started a few weeks ago from the book of Galatians called Jesus Plus Nothing. Turn to the person next to you and say, it is Jesus plus nothing. And I've got a question for everyone that's here, and I need you to to help me figure this out. Is confidence a good thing or a bad thing? Confidence, good thing? How many of you would say good thing? Raise your hand. How many of you would say confidence is a bad thing? Raise your hand. It really depends. It really depends on where you're placing your confidence because sometimes you can shift your confidence into an area that it would be a negative area. But other times you can switch your confidence into a healthy place and it can be beneficial for you. What Paul is arguing throughout the book of Galatians is that we should have confidence, but our confidence should not be in the flesh, but in the spirit. Turn to the person next to you and say your confidence has to be in him. See, get this, Paul later in one of his books, he'll say something like this. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He is confidently saying, I understand that I can accomplish everything. Anything that God has purposed for me to do, I've got the ability to do it, but it's not because I'm all that in a bag of potato chips. It's because God is living in me and his spirit is strengthening me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's where I place my confidence, not in myself because I'm weak at best. I'm messed up at best. My flesh is limited but we serve a limitless God. And when we attach ourselves to the limitless God, his spirit begins to move inside of us and he causes us to get to that place to where we can accomplish all things. Nothing is impossible to us. David understood this, King David. He he writes that by my God, I can run through a troop. By my God, I can leap over a wall. David was a bad dude. But he understood that it was not by his might or his strength or his power, but by the Spirit of God that was living inside of him. I want you to understand this. As a believer, if you have put your hope in Christ Jesus, he has deposited his Spirit inside of you, which means you can do all things. If he has called you to it, he will bring you through it. So never back down, never give up, hold your head high, keep your eyes fixed on him, knowing that he is going to give you the strength. Even in your weakness, that's what I love about God, is even in my weakness, his strength is made perfect which means I can't be weak enough because his strength fills me and fuels me and helps me. So if you have your Bible, let's go to Galatians, the third chapter. We're going to read three verses to set up this talk today. And Paul opens up by saying, oh, foolish Galatians. How many of you are glad that I don't greet y'all that way? on Sunday mornings. I typically come out and say, hey, what's up, everybody? You look good this morning. Tell the person next to you, if it wasn't for you, I'd be the best looking person in this place. That's, I mean, that's kind of how I roll with things, but not Paul. He's like, what's up, foolish activators? 
Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? See, Paul is, Paul, he's a little bit irritated with the situation. He has planted these churches in Galatia. He's invested his time. He's invested his resources. People have wanted to kill Paul for the work he is doing. This is serious. This is serious business here. Paul is planting these churches. He loves these people. And as their shepherd or pastor, he is there to watch over them. The problem is Paul has to keep on moving because God has called him to establish churches all over the place. So he can't stay in Galatia. So he sets up leadership and these churches are functioning great. But then these people start coming in and start messing with the gospel. Start telling them there's some other things that you need to do. It's not just Jesus. You also need circumcision. It's not just Jesus. It's also understanding what the proper Sabbath day is. It's not just Jesus. It's also going through all of these rituals. And it is messing the people up. People are walking away from the church. There's all kinds of controversy. And so now Paul is addressing them and saying, you are foolish. Who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? How did the Holy Spirit come to you? Was it by something that you did or was it simply you responding to the word in faith? Are you so foolish Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Are you perfected by what you do, or are you perfected by who it is living inside of you? This weekend, we went to a friend's house, and we were, he's got a place on the lake, and he has this tube that he has decommissioned. And the purpose, he, the reason he has decommissioned this tube is because now he has children. Before he had kids, the adults would go up there, and he had this tube that was from Satan's den. And that would, it was just like the destroyer of flesh. I went up there one time, and he, he decided he was going to put Randy and I on this tube. And I looked at Randy, and I said, no way we're coming off this thing. You understand me? No way. Because I knew he's going to try to throw us off. He is slinging us all over the lake, and we are fighting with everything that we had, and I was determined, I'm not going to come off. But the problem is, if he doesn't knock you off, you're going to get so worn out that eventually you're going to fall off, or what's going to happen to you happened to me, and my pants started coming down, and I thought, now would be a good time to let go. But see, he doesn't have that tube anymore that you have to hold on for dear life, because now he's got kids, so he has what I like to call the couch. These kids just sit on this couch. I mean, they call it a tube, but it's a couch. Like, there's no way you're getting thrown off this thing, and the kids are just sitting back there just laughing. They're just having a good time. They're not even holding on to the handles. They're acting like they're accomplishing something. And I got frustrated a little bit watching them have a good time, remembering my pants coming down on the other tube. And I wanted to say to them, hey, let's take it down a couple of notches because it's not you. You're not doing anything. The boat, the rope, and the tube is doing all the work for you. You get what I'm saying? It's not about you. It's about what the tube, the rope, and the boat is doing for you. All you're having to do is sit and relax in the tube that's being pulled by the boat connected to the rope. I, I want you to see this with our salvation. 
It has nothing to do with you. It's all about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit doing the work. The Holy Spirit draws you to Jesus. You hear the word. You respond in faith because of what the Holy Spirit has done for you, giving you the ability to hear and softening your heart. Then you are completely transformed. Turn to the person next to you and say, it has nothing to do with you. The Bible says in Philippians, the second chapter, verse 13, it says, it is God who works in you. Get this. It is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. It is all about what God is doing inside of you. If there is a transformation in your life, it is because God has done something for you and not the flesh. And Paul is trying to, to tease this out with the people, understanding the difference between the spirit and the flesh, because the spirit will lead you to life. But if you're following after your flesh, it's going to wind up in death. The spirit will always lead you into freedom, but your flesh will pull you into bondage. The spirit of God is a helper, but your flesh is a hindrance. I, I like to ask my kids that when stuff's going on, it gets a little, I, I go, are you a helper or a hindrance right now? You, you have to understand that the spirit is the help. Your flesh is the hindrance. It is the spirit that strengthens you, and it is your flesh that weakens you. You are the problem with you. And the first step to getting help is understanding that and admitting it. So I'm going to let you just turn to the person next to you and say, I understand I'm the problem. Marriages are just getting delivered right now. And the, <laughs> the wife said, I, I knew it the whole time. You, you are, listen, sometimes we don't, we don't like to hear this. And, and sometimes it makes us a little uncomfortable to, to hear that you are actually the problem with you. The flesh side of you, which is the carnal mind, is what's getting in the way of what God is wanting to do in you and through you. And as long as you feed that flesh side of you, the farther you will continue to walk away from the spirit. Even if you're doing it thinking that you're going in the right way. Well, I'll observe this day of the week, I'll do this, I'll serve here, I'll do all these works thinking it's taking me into the presence of God, but really all you're doing is building your pride and walking away from God because it is never about your flesh, it is about the spirit. Now, once the spirit ignites you, then he will work through your flesh. I want you to understand that, and I wanna talk about that a little bit later on, that, that, that there is some works involved to this thing, but it's not the works that you are producing. It is the Spirit of God who is working through you, giving you the will and the desire and the ability to work for his pleasure. It is God working in me, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. My flesh is the problem. Turn to the person next to you and say, my flesh, my flesh. is the problem. It's never the solution. Watch what Paul says in Romans, the eighth chapter, verse six. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. In other words, my focus is important because if I'm always focusing on the flesh, it's gonna lead me into corruption and death and hurt and harm. But if I will focus on the spirit, if I'll keep my eyes fixed on the spirit of God, it's gonna lead me into life and peace for the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. For it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. 
for those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Here's the big idea. It is the Spirit of God that gives you the desire to do the things of God. If you've ever thought to yourself, you know what, I, I want to please God. I, I want to live a life that's pleasing God. If you have ever thought that to yourself, it is because the Spirit of God has placed that desire in you. Because when you are in the flesh, apart from Jesus Christ, you are completely driven by your flesh, and it will never desire the things of God. It is always the Spirit working inside of you that draws your attention and your focus to Jesus. Are you following what I'm saying? So when you got saved, it is because the Holy Spirit softens your heart. The gospel comes forth. Faith comes by hearing. The Bible says faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. So as the Word of God is being presented, the Spirit himself is working through that Word to bring about the power of salvation. That's why it says the gospel is the power of God that results in salvation, okay? Because the Spirit mixes in. Now, where you come into play is you can either reject that or you can receive that. You can either receive what the Spirit of God is trying to do in your life which is trying to make you new, trying to re regenerate your life, or you can receive it or reject it. But if you have received Christ, now his spirit has been placed inside of you and he is working these things out. He is taking you through a process. And that's what Paul is wanting these Galatians to understand. He's saying, you started with the spirit. Lisa, you started this whole process with the spirit. Do you think that you're going to complete it in the flesh? You've got to understand that it is the Spirit who oversees your life from beginning to end and everything in between. And what he is doing is he is sanctifying you. Somebody say sanctification. Sanctification, sanctification is the process of you becoming like Christ Jesus, which is the goal. And I want to lean heavily on the word process. Because it is not an immediate result. It is a process over time. So we are saved. We are being saved. And we will be saved. Are you all with me this morning? We are saved. We are being saved. And we will be completely saved. That's the process of sanctification that the Spirit of God is taking us through. So it starts with, you are saved. Turn to the person next to you and say, you are saved. If you have received Christ Jesus as your Lord, you are immediately saved. The Bible says this in Ephesians, the second chapter, verse 1. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. That's all of us. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. None of us are good. We're all on an even playing field. Children of wrath. Think about that. Your whole MO is to satisfy your desires, to satisfy your flesh, to satisfy your cravings. If you are here today and you've not received Christ into your heart, that's what's going on in your, in, in your mind right now. And there's a struggle between listening to what's going on and fighting between the, the, the desires of the flesh. 
So that's all of us. But watch this in verse 4. He says, but God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. Who did the work? He did. He made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. So the moment you say yes to Jesus, you are saved. If you shut your eyes for the final time, when you open them, it will be in the presence of your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You are right now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You need to know that. The moment you say yes to Jesus, you become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are made righteous because of what he has done, and it's not because of your actions, okay? So you are saved. So the person next to you would say, you are saved. But after you are saved, you are being saved. That's the process where the Holy Spirit starts doing what we see in Philippians, the second chapter, verse 13. He starts working in you and through you to produce the will of God, to ignite you and bring you into your purpose, to cause you to look more, sound more, and think more like Jesus. It is the process of renewing our mind, to bringing us into the new creation that he has called us to walk in. And in order for him to do that, he has to chisel away at some things in our life. That's where transformation happens. See, the problem with the message of grace, if it's not handled properly, it becomes this whole, because of Jesus, you can do whatever you want now. Because I've been saved by grace. That's a misunderstanding. Grace does not set you free to be you. Grace sets you free from you. Gives you a whole new heart. A, a whole new life. A whole new desire. A whole new way of thinking. I mean, has anybody in here ever experienced this? Where you were one way, but now you're completely different. The things that you used to do, you don't desire to do them anymore. And now you've got a whole new desire that wasn't there before. Doesn't mean that you always get it right. You still fall, you're, you're still stretched, you still have issues and problems, but it's okay because as long as you continue to yield to the Spirit of God and say it's no longer my will, but your will be done, he is taking you along that process of transformation. And one day you can get to a point in your life to where you look back and go, man, I don't even recognize that guy anymore. Have you ever met anyone like that? Like you knew them before they got saved? And now that they are saved, you're just like, I don't even recognize that person anymore. And it's not because of their effort. It's because of the grace of God in their life and by the power of the Holy Spirit at work inside of them. So might somebody say, you, you are saved? You're being saved. It's, it's a partnership. It's God who works in you. The Spirit of God himself is partnering with you to train you and bring you into this life that he has called you to. I love that. I love the idea of partnering with God because he knows all things, and I don't. And did you know he can reveal some things to you that you're not aware of? See, some of us have not even scratched the surface of what it truly means to be a child of God. 
because we've made it all about you show up to church on Sunday, you sing a few songs, I'm a Christian. But it's more than that. God wants to come into your life and completely take over your life and partner with you for your life to bring you into the design he has for you, which God's design for your life is always better than your design. His way will always lead to life. And so now the Spirit of God is working in me, and he's pushing me, and he's coaching me, and he's training me, and he's empowering me, and he's giving me gifts that I need to help me become more like Christ. Jesus. That's where transformation happens is in this process of sanctification, which is yielding to the Holy Spirit. And now I'm not trying to fulfill the commandments of God out of obligation. I desire to fulfill the the commandments of God out of love. This is important. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. True or false? Many times we hear that as, Bob, if you love me, you'll do what I say. That's not the attitude behind that. It's, if you love me, it's just going to be natural to you. It's going to be, your desire is going to be in you to do what pleases me because now you are of my nature. You're no longer a child of wrath. You are a child of light. And as a child of light, you desire that which I desire. I was thinking about an HOA. Anybody uh, have an HOA? How many of you are trying to get away from your HOA? So in in our neighborhood, they have all these rules and restrictions, which I think, you know, some of them are good, because if not, you end up having a flamingo pink house, and that may be your thing, but it's not mine, because I grew up in the house that was the color of Pepto-Bismol. I mean, we'll, we'll have a therapy session for that at another point in my life. So HOAs, I understand them, they're good, and, and they require you to keep your lawn a certain way. And for some, in the neighborhood, it is only because of that rule that their lawn stays in shape. If there was no rule or regulation for their lawn, they would just let the weeds grow. They would, you know, possibly not have any mulch or any pine straw. They would just, you know, whatever. They'd have four cars parked out in the driveway, right? So there are some people in the neighborhood that they need those rules and restrictions. However, there are some people in the neighborhood that just love gardening, and whether there's a rule or restriction or not, they're going to have a pristine garden, a pristine yard. The difference is one is working because they're enforced to work. They're obligated to do it. The other is doing it because they love to do it, not because there's a command on top of it. That's what I want you to see is, as believers, we are not working for the love of God. He's already given that to us, freely given us his love. We are not working for it. We're not trying to earn it. But now that I've got it, I am working for him from a place of love, not because I feel obligated. Does that make sense to you? I do not feel obligated to love my wife. I, every morning, wake up choosing and desiring to love my wife. I am not faithful to my wife because there's a law on top of it. Does that make sense? Yes, the Bible clearly says, thou shalt not commit adultery. But that is not what is keeping me from committing adultery. It is my desire for her that is absolutely 100% placed there by the Holy Spirit and not by me. Because I know myself. I know Aram. 
and I know within myself there is no good thing. Anything that I do, anything that I accomplish is because of the Holy Spirit. The, the fact that I can stand up here and minister the gospel of Jesus Christ is because the Holy Spirit that works inside of me. It's not because I'm brilliant. It's not because I'm better than anyone else. Turn to the person next to you and say, you need the Holy Spirit. Sometimes, you know, we wrestle with things in our life. There's different sins and issues that we wrestle with. You know what the key is to putting those things to death? Attention to the spirit and not to the flesh. It's not by disciplining your flesh necessarily. When I say disciplining, like bad arm, don't ever do that again. Bad arm, don't ever do that again. You know, that's, that's how like some of the Christians back in the old days used to do it. When they would sin, they'd go whip themselves. Guess what? Jesus was whipped for you. You don't have to whip yourself. The key to transformation and overcoming these things that have tried to keep us in bondage is simply drawing close to the Spirit of God. The closer I get to the Spirit of God, the more I begin to rest in His love, the more I begin to know Him, the more things begin to shift and change inside of me. Then I'm able to put those things to death. Watch what Paul says in Galatians 5.16, but I say, Walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. If you're always staring at the flesh, you're going to be drawn to that which you stare at. When I was learning to ride a motorcycle, they told me, they said, you've got to be careful where you look because your bike's going to follow the direction of your focus. That's true in life. If I'm always focusing on my flesh, I'm going to walk out that course and that path of my flesh. But if I will... Discipline myself. Here's where healthy discipline comes in. If I will discipline myself to spend time in the presence of God, which is necessary for the life of the believer, then the more I spend time in his presence, the more I leave transformed. You want to see transformation? Start spending time in the presence of God. Start loving him and allowing him to love you. And somebody in here needs to know that you are loved by God. Because as I'm talking, you're sitting there thinking, you know, this is great for everybody else, but they don't understand my life. Let me tell you something. It doesn't matter what you've done in your life. Jesus loves you. Jesus died for you, and he wants to place his spirit that we're talking about inside of you to quicken you, to use you, to transform you, and to do something better for you than you could ever think or imagine on your own. Somebody say, I am being saved. That's the process. And for some of us, the process is slower than others. But I'm just thankful that it is a process. I am thankful that I can fall short and still come to the throne room of God to find grace. I am so thankful that I do not live under Old Testament law because I would have been obliterated by now. I would have been turned into a pillar of salt for sure. <laughs> See, some of y'all, y'all don't know. Y'all don't know nothing about me. Some of you, you do. I would have been a pillar of salt for sure, but his grace and mercy, I can find it anytime I'm in need. I love that. And some of you need to know that you don't have to go through a person to find Jesus. Some of you think, well, I want to pray, but I need to go talk to the pastor about it so he can pray on my behalf. That's not how it works. Can I pray with you and for you? Absolutely. 
That, that's the prayer of agreement. That's, that's a benefit of being a part of the body of Christ. But I can go directly to Jesus, who is my high priest. You need to know that. Hebrews, read Hebrews. If you're struggling with that, read the book of Hebrews. Jesus is now our high priest. We can come directly to him and through him into the presence of the Father. So if you, if you have a need in your life, there's something going on, something you're struggling with, instead of hiding, instead of beating yourself up, start presenting it to the Lord. God, I know that you don't desire this for my life, but I'm struggling. And the struggle's real. But let me just clue you in on something. The fact that you know that your struggle is wrong is a good sign. If you have a struggle in your life and you're okay with it, that's a bad sign. Because the Spirit of God will always convict and lead you into a greater truth. So if you are okay with something that is not okay with God, that should be a sign that the Spirit of God is possibly not living inside of you. You've not gone through this process of saying, I understand that I'm a sinner and I need you in my life. Jesus, come, forgive me, be my Lord, I surrender my life to you. Because that's when the Spirit of God takes over. And again, that's a process. Turn to the person next to you and say, it's a process. The final thing is this, we will be saved, future tense. So we are saved, we are being saved, that's sanctification. But there is coming a time where we will stand in the presence of God and everything will be completed. Watch what Ephesians 1.13 says. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Do you see that? The Spirit of God, he, he seals you. He's watching over you to bring you into the completion of your inheritance, which is the time that you look at Jesus face to face. And all the tears are wiped away. There is no more pain. Everything is made perfect. Everything that you have struggled with is finally put to death. There is no more sorrow. It is 100% joy. But until that time comes, we need the Spirit of God. We need the Spirit of God. You know what I desire? I desire a church full of people that are hungry for the Spirit of God, to see the things of God at work in their life and in their family. And I want a people that aren't so hung up on the gifts of the Spirit that they miss the fruit of the Spirit. Because sometimes in churches, it's easy to get excited about the gifts, and I love the gifts, but the fruit really matters. The love that's being produced inside of you, the joy that is being produced inside of you, the self-control that is being produced inside of you. All of that is the work of the Spirit working on you. He wants to partner with you. And no matter how far you've come in this life, there is always somewhere greater he can take you. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Father, I thank you for every person that is in this room today and for everyone that is watching online or listening via podcast. And God, we ask today that you would touch them. We ask that you would strengthen them. We ask that you would help them. God, we ask that you would begin to make all things new in their life. If you came in today and there were some things that you've been struggling with, 
I believe that you can find freedom today in understanding that the Holy Spirit will partner with you to bring transformation. And if you've never submitted your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, right now is the moment to do that. Don't go another minute without knowing that you know that you belong to Christ Jesus. So Father, right now, I ask that you would touch every heart and life. God, save those that need to be saved. Lord, for those that have already surrendered their life to you, God, continue the process of transformation and sanctification in our life. In Jesus' name, and everyone would say, Amen.